Welcome to the Sanctum. Here we study the mysteries of Dungeon Crawl Classics and Appendix N. With your keepers of mysteries, Jen Brinkman, Mark Bruner, Bob Brinkman. Enter the Sanctum Socorum and be inspired. Welcome to the Sanctum Socorum. So, happy DCC Day, everyone, and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Uh, oh, <laughs> everyone's looking at me weird. Uh, welcome to the Sanctum Socorum podcast, where we plumb the depths of Appendix N as it pertains to the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game. We're here in this very special episode for DCC Day to help you serve these literary offerings at your DCC RPG table. I am Jen, and with me are my illustrious co-hosts, Mark. Hey, guys. Good morning. And Bob. Morning, everybody. <laughs> and we're going to switch things up a little this morning because, well, it's early and we're here for a special occasion. Instead of focusing on a single pairing of Appendix N and DCC, uh, we're going to take a look at the brand new DCC Day releases and go from there. That's not to say we won't feature them later in a future episode, though. Well, I just want to say it's great to be back with you guys in a virtual way. It's been, uh, been, been far too long, so I'm glad that we're getting a chance to talk over some DCC this morning. Mark, Yay. every episode of Sanctum has been done in a virtual way. <laughs> 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 Wait, wasn't there, there that special um, you know, member-only live episode that we did uh, at Gen Con one of those years? If we start a <laughs> Patreon, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> We have to get that going, Bob. <laughs> I think David's still in the basement somewhere, though. Crap. <laughs> Do you remember where they left the keys for that one? <laughs> uh, I guess we should uh, get on with it, right? We, we've got our handy-dandy uh, adventure pack for DCC nice. days. Oh, that looks so cool with the green screen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> should have seen the Mountain Dew can yesterday. It just kept blending in. Uh, this one contains uh, three adventures, and again, free. Go support your friendly local gaming stores and pick this up if they have participated in the program. And there's also DCC Day Adventure Number One, official adventure number one, Shadow of the Beakmen. So I guess let's kick it off with the adventure pack. Uh, the first one in here is Expedition to Algol. A level one DCC mod. Uh, Mark, you have run this at least once, right? I did. I actually, as part of the preview for DCC days, um, I ran it last week on a Twitch stream uh, for a group of players that included the illustrious wolf uh, uh, husband and wife combo of Paul and Brenda, um, as well as some other other 
friends of Austin DCCers, you know, so we got back together and, you know, had a real fun time running that one. Um, it was, it was kind of a, a nice way to, um, get back together since we haven't been able to play for a long, long time together. Um, oh, Julian, yeah. um, Nick wrote this adventure and it is uh, a lot of fun. Um, so your PCs are kind of engaged by a wizard of maybe dubious, um, sanity in order to, uh, you know, to recover some, some magical trinkets from a far off world. And that hence the expedition to Ogle and, uh, things don't go well uh, right from the beginning. So. I mean, you say dubious sanity for a wizard. <laughs> Could you narrow that down a little? <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's apparently spent his life just, uh, just focused on this one thing and then wizards can live a long time. So we you know how many centuries he's been, uh, he's been engaged in this research pursuit. Uh, and, and so you're, you're kind of, you know, uh, thrown into maybe the King Arthur's of, uh, Connecticut, Court, you know, or, or Connecticut, Connecticut Yankee of the, you know, the, the DCC world where you get, you know, thrown back, um, you know, to a, a different place, a different world. You know, this is a first little character. So um, like in DCC, you know, other adventures, you know, you, you get to experience the big right away, you know, which is a lot of fun. Um, so your, your characters are immediately thrown in and, and seen um, maybe uh, in a light that they weren't expecting and, and have to basically pass a series of tests, you know, that are, that are presented to them in order to, um, you know, you know, live or die or return as gods, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of range, and you know what what can happen here. And um, yeah, you know, that's a big swing. <laughs> it's a very short module. You know, it's it's all the all the adventure pack modules. I just say are 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 not meant to be you know longer than probably a single session. You know, single con session. So you know, I, I think all three can be easily run in a night. You know, I think for us, we took it right at four hours. So it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, there, and there's multiple paths that you can take or to get to the end. And that's what our team did. When I talked to Julian afterwards, he was uh, impressed because this is the first time the uh, group of players did this, uh, even though he wrote and, you know, in the text, he's like, this is the first time anybody ever did that. You know, I was, I was kind of surprised that actually anybody took that route. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun. And, um, you know, it, I think one of the things that's just characteristic about Julian's adventures are um, it, it does put players in some, some uncomfortable, challenging situations, and there's a lot of skulls. You know, <laughs> Julian likes his skulls, so um, yeah, I, I, I was, it was a lot of fun. And, you, and I think the Twitch stream you can go back and watch that video if you're interested, especially if you're if you're looking for an adventure and you're picking it up on DCC Day Preview. If you want to see an actual play event, um, that's what we put those two. I did Algol, um, and also the Return to Future Past, which we'll talk to you in a little bit. And Harley did the Heist, and so all of those are available mm -hmm. for judges to look at, stores to look at, you know, to get a sense of like how these adventures play out. Um, and, and they're just a lot of fun. I would have to say reading through this adventure, Julian, Julian certainly I think has a fear of insects. I mean, there's hive of the overmind, <laughs> right? Um, and others, uh, but I, I really- oh, I get to poke at him for that in the next episode. <laughs> poke, poke at him with a stick. That's what you do with beehives. Um, <laughs> or in this case, space wasp hives. I, I really dig it. First of all, um, there's kind of that callback there. It's, it's almost like a doctor who callback because the space wasps and their progenitor are sort of like the we're in from Ark in space, a classic Tom Baker episode, which I love, but the adventure itself, when I was reading through it, um, it's a, it's kind of, I feel it's a variant on a bug in a box sort of adventure and in a positive way for a change. Normally a bug in a box adventure isn't a good thing. Um, and this really is. You know, you're, you're placed in this environment. It's not just a standard dungeon crawl. If you just want to go from room to room and think you're just going to kill things and, and come home with treasure, 
Yeah, you need to rethink your strategy a little bit. Um, so there's there's a there's a lot more depth to this adventure for such a short adventure. I think there's a great amount of depth and challenge to it, and I also think that while it is while it is the uh, vanilla DCC adventure in the adventure pack, it you could easily just change the the crazy wizard to a crazy shaman, and you could run this for MCC with virtually no changes whatsoever, and. To even me, that makes for a great adventure, especially for a free one. Even I, I'm reading through this, and I'm like, this seems a little bit on the cusp of putting your fantasy, you know, mixing in your sci-fi peanut butter with my chocolate fantasy. Which here. is true, Appendix N. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, to a point. Okay, Tarzan never went to space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the canon, at least. You know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, the subtle flavors of St. Clair, I, I can handle that a little bit better. <laughs> uh, but even the, the conclusion <clears throat> says you can, you know, the judge can draw upon MCC or Peril on the Purple Planet uh, yeah. modules and information to kind of give it a nice blend. So just because it might not be my preference, I, 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 I acknowledge that it's kind of popular with other people but the other the other really big thing that i'm noticing is that the shorter the word count that you give julian the tighter the mod really is and this this to me reads like one of the best things that he's done so far oh i i, I agree i think this ranks right up there with nowhere city nights as the best that he's put out this is <laughs> this is julian i think at his best and it shows, it shines. It's a great adventure. Yeah, I was actually, I, I was kind of caught off guard because I, I took it, you know, when I was reading through it, it's like, oh, this is the like DCC adventure. I'm going to, you know, kind of prepare myself. But there's a lot of depth and this really can serve as a launching point for a campaign. I mean, that's, it's like kind of all the great DCC adventures that, you know, are meant to introduce characters or introduce a campaign. I think like Portal, you know, or like the, the beginning of Purple Planet, I mean, this really could be the beginning of like that storyline, right? And and there the choices are there for the, the players and the characters to to branch off of. And I, I could foresee, you know, the team the, the team that I play with, you know, they you know, they they could carry on and keep playing in this environment or go to other worlds, you know, you know take it to, you know, Purple Planet or to, you know, maybe this world is some sort of MCC version, you know, that they now have to deal with technology. And you're right, that blend of it could be an MCC, could be a, a DCC. Um, I felt that throughout, and and that's also kind of resonant with the other one that's you know that I ran that night too. They're they're both very similar in that regard. Now moving over to uh, the heist. Uh, this one's a Harley Stroh adventure for Lankmar. It is a level three adventure, uh, and I, I I will preface this by saying having been in one of the playtests that he ran, say at, at GaryCon a few years ago. Uh, he ran it without it being Lankmar. So we had the, the multitude of classes and races involved. And afterwards, all of us at the table were just like, dude, that, that could have totally been Lankmar. And there was this look on his face. He's like, oh, thank you. Like little cogs just shifted into gears. Uh, so it, it sends the characters in to loot uh, there's a legendary treasure hold beneath the pleasure manse of Duke Arasso in, uh, in 
in the pleasure quarter district, of course. Um, kind of in the Richmond's quarter. Yeah, the, the map of Lankmar, you've seen it, it's huge. Uh, but by the end of the night, uh, the gods of Lankmar take offense to the uh, heresy involved. And the back of the book blurb says simply, things get complicated. That is an understatement. Um, of all of them, I believe this is the longest of the modules. I'm not so sure it's actually going to fit in that four-hour slot. Um, there are a couple of things, um, some of the things going on on the ground, some of the events that take place throughout the night. If you're a little short for time, maybe you skip the the uh, spectacle of the hyena hunt. Um, but there's any numbers, uh, any number of ways that you can access the manse. Um, if you have a really good forger in your group, maybe you get in that way. Maybe you get in through the sewer grates. <laughs> and once you do, um, the smell might alter your disguise self results just a wee bit. Uh, it. I have to say, I really like this adventure because it really does fit into the Lankmar canon, as it were. You, you can totally see Fawford and Mouser going through and making these disguise checks and making the checks to kind of sway the people's minds that, no, no, pay no attention to this. I'll just be over here. And there, there's a lot of little bits like there's all these rich people gathered in the illustrious ballroom uh, there's actually a table to account for the fact that you're going to have thieves involved who want to pick pockets from the guests uh, there's the house guard there's different nobles involved uh, that are named after some particular contest winners and yeah, at the end of it, it I don't want to give too much away about the the plot itself, but Duke Arasso is presenting a great play all about the gods of Lankmar, which editorial note of should be italicized whenever you were referring to the, the entity, the gods of Lankmar. Uh, when the what don't make them angry <laughs> exactly uh now when you're doing things like performing a play and presenting farcical gods of lankmar no don't italicize that that's that'll make them even angrier yeah. uh, but yeah the i think overall the the plot is solid it gives you a, a timeline so anybody familiar with um Bride of the Black Mance, where you've got the, the timeline going on, or even uh, Gang Lords of Lankmar. So you, this happens at this point, and then if this happens, here's your next timeline slot. Uh, Harley's really good at structuring things like that. Uh, it does mean that the judge needs to read a little bit further into it. Um, as for Appendix N, inspiration behind this, I mean, it's kind of obvious. But I almost also felt a Mask of the Red Death vibe in there. 
Especially beneath the manse and during the play, you've got the different chambers with the different acts going on, if you will. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it really just pushes all the right buttons and I can't wait to actually run this after having played it. I think it's just, I love, I love all the Langmar adventures for the simple fact that they're not just dungeon crawls. Even, even things like, you know, Madhouse Meat, where it's sort of literally a dungeon. Um, <laughs> there's a lot more to it. And in this case, you know, with, with you know, sidebar rules for being in disguise and trying to, to fool waiters and be giving you drinks so that you can restore your health, there's so many little bits and pieces that take this beyond. And that, that's what makes Lankmar so much fun is that it's it's so different. It's a real heist. It's not just kick in door, kill goblin. It's sneak in, rob Duke. And thing, things of that nature uh, appeal to me, I think, just because there's so much depth to them. And again, and, and you're right, while it is, is certainly the, the larger of the adventures in here, and, and it's Harley Stroh. Who's, who's going to tell Harley Stroh he has a, a, a smaller page count? Um, Joseph. But, <laughs> well, I suppose that's fair. But also, this is, this is another adventure that has so much packed into it in such a small, relatively small space. Um, all of these adventures really pack quite a punch. Yeah, and I think, I mean, one thing that always... When I think of Harley, you know, he's such a versatile writer, but he does have this thread that goes through a lot of his, you know, his prior works that's sort of like a proto-Lankmar thread. And you can tell that, I mean, he really gets and, and loves the, 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 you know, the, the setting, the books, you know, he's really influenced by it. And I, I'm, you know, I think I, lo I just love his, his Lankmar adventures, but I even love the ones that came prior to Lankmar that were very Lankmar-esque. And you mentioned The Bride of the Black Mans. This one also has some elements of the the dealer who dealt in stardust or the merchant who dealt in stardust. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. The jeweler, yeah. Yeah, it, you know, the jeweler who dealt in stardust. Yeah, which is like it, it's a, that's a very proto Langmar, you know, type adventure. You know, it's it's, a, it's sort of that thief in a box, you know, sort of solving puzzle, and it just has all those elements that he's he's brought forward with him, is carried through, and, and sort of matured. I'm just always impressed by how much you know he understands the setting and how much like he puts in those details, you know, for you know, what, what thieves and, and warriors that are Langmar thieves and warriors can do to sort of shine. And that comes out like in his writing for the tournament, for example, you know, where he's done a lot of the, um, you know, those, those type of elements like the, the we're running the greatest thieves right now for, for DCC days. And there's always this opportunity for, yes, a, a thief can do this, you know, to, 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 to wiggle their way out of this situation where combat might be everybody else's first choice, you know, in another setting, another, another place. Um, and, and I think he just, he really focuses on, what makes the class shine? And and for Langmar, a lot of that is about the thief, the warrior combination. So um, I, I I always enjoy just reading through his his Langmar stuff because it you can tell he's sort of been building all these threads you know throughout his career, and this is the setting that he gets to actually shine. Well, yeah, I mean, look at Punjar. Well, I, I was going <laughs> to say, you know, all fantasy cities are echoes of Langmar, and you know. Punjab Punjar doesn't need a whole lot of work to just be neighborhoods of Lankmar. So, I mean, this, this like so many pieces of, of Harley's work, really <laughs> are just classic yeah. appendix in. I think the, the parts of this particular adventure that 
is going to carry through for judges to use at their table <laughs> uh, is a little sidebar on um, page 32, the Altoid tin test. And that's for things like where things absolutely have to happen at the same time, say keys being turned in a lock by different people. You could have everybody roll and, and just make sure they're successful, or you could add that level of drama to it. And I, I watched the pick up the Altoid tins and drop them. Well, no, this person's taller, so he should be, a, the shorter guy should be allowed to stand on a chair. I, I was at the game watching this. Okay, no, you guys have to hold him at the, at the same level. And Didn't the idea, I do that in the first, in the first uh, funnel tournament at Gen Con? I'm yeah, positive. He did, he did the, uh, he the module of the Cezircon, uh, zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I remember that, too. Yeah, yeah it, he, he probably uses it at the table a lot, but this is the first time it's gotten printed. It I, killed I, me horribly. <laughs> <laughs> and that would explain why there's all the kerfuffle, but the tins have to hit the table at the same time. Uh, and also, I just need to give a quick shout out to stat cards. Yeah, that's a very that's a very bright of the black man's um, feature as well. That that's it is like you said, it's it's a, a very long sort of media adventure for a free adventure, you know, that you mm -hmm. can go pick up in the store. It's, it, it's just one of those. It's a hidden gem of Harley Strong. So. That that's a nice way to put it. Is anything that Harley writes really hidden anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so next, next up would be the MCC adventure, Ruins of Future Past, and this one's written by Tim Callahan. Now, I know this one's been in the works for quite some time. We, I, I think there's a backlog of things that are waiting to be put out like this. So, uh, Mark, is this another one that you ran? I did, yeah. This is another, um, another Twitch preview that, uh, that we ran. I decided actually to run this one because it is so blended, you know, between the genres. I ran this one with DCC characters, which is actually part of the intro that uh, an option that Tim gives you, saying, you know, this this works just as well for for DCC characters because you know you're you're being um, you're being put in a situation where there's a lot of unknowns and you know there's there's sort of a mad wizard elements, you know, that's that's manipulating things, um, unbeknowing to I guess you know most of the the, the players or that wizard himself. Um, so you're sort of like a, a side effect of his experiments, which is kind of a, a fun thing. And the D, the MCC elements are very much about artifacts and artifact checks and trying to get you know that information um, you know to the players. So it's uh, it, it is a lot of fun. So uh, I ran this one, and it's another you know adventure. I think we took it took a little extra time to get this one going because it was you know it, it was uh, a bit of a longer session. My apologies for some of the background noise, um, but it, it's it, you know we we end up completing this in about five hours I think, and some of that is just due to the virtual environment. You know, trying to you know move to a virtual environment is always challenging for a lot of players and and judges and getting that coordination going. Yeah. But that's one of the aspects that it's nice actually that these adventures are are part of the you know the, that virtual push for Goodman Games. You know, as we're we're all experiencing, it's kind of you know the time to do it. You know, and and so one of the cool things that um, Tears of Goodman has done for each of these previous adventures is actually create VTT virtual tabletop elements. You know, for all of them. And so he's got new original artwork. You know, for the maps and for the tokens and for the players. And I think that's just worth calling out too that. 
you know, I think one of the things that um, you can do as a judge now is kind of create these virtual environments and you still get the the DCC look and feel. And, and if I know that Joseph is continuing really important. to up. What's that? That's really important to be able to, to it maintain is. that feel. Yeah, because I think so much of what virtual experiences is, is is around sort of like the hero forge model you know where it's it's cool but it's also like very it is very you know particular to its look and feel you know it, it and, and it, we and dcc needs to have its own look and feel and so if you check out the vtt elements especially for you know some of the things that are being released and i, I hope these get released too because we were kind of doing you know the background and yeah. play test but it's is really it cool in, i mean in roll 20 in roll 20 yes yeah, so we ran roll 20 okay. um so you know, it's like I said, it's it's new maps and new artwork um, based on the original, you know, uh, maps and artwork by Stefan. In this case, I think he did, uh, did a lot of the artwork for the, the DC State the Adventures. Um, but you get little character tokens, you get little monster tokens. That's all, it's all painted, right? It's not, it's not digital effects. It's not sort of the digital drawing and it looks very DCC. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this adventure is really cool. It's, it's um, you know, again, like I mentioned, you're, you're sort of like thrown into something, but in this case, you're sort of a, a side effect, right? And there's not necessarily a, a, a direct manipulation that's going on. And the, the players have to puzzle through a number of like just meaty rooms, you know, where they are, they're getting, um, you know, you know, just weird encounters because they're, they're thrown out of time and place, you know, in whether you're an MCC character coming to that environment, um, where you have the background of, I'm from my hothouse planet and I don't know, you know, what things are, or you're a DCC character and you're like, this is totally bizarre, you know, context. I, even if it's like a mad wizard's laboratory, there's a lot of mad wizard's laboratory in this that is uh, unique and fun. Um, you know, so I, I, I think it's, it's a really neat adventure. I think that the blurb also mentions that Michael Curtis was one of the originators of the idea behind this. So Tim took Michael's idea and then, you know, wrote out the full length adventure. So it has a lot of those Michael Curtis elements too, especially for, you know, some of the, the puzzles and some of the rooms, you know, Michael's very, very much about, you know, getting, uh, getting players um, you know, into weird situations and having to sort of puzzle through something while at the same time, there's this risk of, you know, the combat going on. And so there's a number of like those kind of encounters. So uh, yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun. You know, this 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 plays really well as a as a as a DCC game, and you know where you can substitute in the artifact checks for standard DCC characters. Um, you know, because there are artifact checks, there's all this unknown technology, and your your players can get into big trouble big time. I would also say that take the heed the advice of six to eight level ones for this one, um, because you really need uh, it's a high number of level ones, or it's a level two adventure um, if you're planning on running it for your your home game. But definitely not a funnel. <laughs> not a funnel. I mean, it's, it's like a level one funnel. We'll say that. Yeah, but see, it's, a <laughs> it's a new genre for 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 DCC games. And I think I, I think um, you're looking at looking at the the sources that MCC really draws from, which is a lot of a lot of you know classic sci-fi, a lot of classic Hanna-Barbera cartoons. This feels, and in a wonderful way, this sort of feels like a, an episode of a dark, gritty reboot of Space Ghost. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it's just got, it, it's got so many interesting elements that are, are not standard dungeon fare, but they're also not, stand, they're not standard MCC fare because they're, they're so different, because there's so many resources out there. Um, and... and the the hollow puppeteers are just nightmare fuel. I think I think finally something has unseated uh, Daniel Bishop's Owl Men for me as just ah 
Um, so there's there's some great darkness in this adventure, but there's mm-hmm. still a lot of that classic sci-fi feel. It's just been made more sinister. And while while certainly you know Michael Curtis can have some very sinister ideas, Tim Callahan can write dark, and he has done done so I think very well here. Oh, especially dark sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. But there are some aspects of it that you can definitely see the Michael Curtis influence. But there is a part of me that wants to take people from the alchemical theater and put them into the music of the spheres is chaos. And I, I just as a little teaser, perhaps, I think that would be an awesome portal right there. Uh, for the overall feel of it, yeah, definitely, definitely MCC. It, I'm, I'm not sure I would feel as comfortable as I would with like the uh, expedition to Algol with blending the sci-fi and fantasy a whole lot there. I think this is really uh, more geared towards MCC, although do with it what you will. And you could really reskin it for pure fantasy easily. Uh, that, that's true. You, you could, but there would still be that element of of sci-fi weird to it. Yeah. I'm I'm digging the fact that we got some Fred Daly art in here. Yeah, or I should say that it's finally been published. <laughs> that Fred Daly piece is really neat, and it's fun to show that to the players and, and, and at that culminating moment. So, yeah, I I, I will say that um, you know that. What Tim brings to it, there are clear callbacks to the other works that he's, you know, he's done, especially like the, you know, sort of the sci-fi elements and bringing in, you know. Jammer, yeah. Jammer, yeah. They, I mean, the, the nice thing about this adventure, I think that that it really feels, it's, it's less an MCC adventure pure, and it's a blend of what I would say Tim's imagination is about all these different worlds coming together, right? So you do have DCT, you have MCC, but you also have, you know, Crawl and you also, you know, you know, in, in, in Crawl Jammer and is a really fun environment. I think that, you know, I, I the instant I saw Crawl Jammer, I was, I was in love with it. And, it, and it's, it's sort of my go-to place for yeah. sci-fi DCC. You know, I, I think MCC is, is that Gamma World feel, you know, all that. But Crawl Jammer is just one of those, those places. I just, I just feel really fun, you know, and at home in, you know, in terms of like, you know, where I, where I get my sci-fi. And I've played a lot of Crawl Jammer games from Tim's Adventures. And this clearly, you know, is trying to, I think be a, a, a kind of a nexus for a lot of his, his ideas. And I love that about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it is a, it is a tough adventure. It is one of those that it's a one shot because you don't necessarily, you could use this as a launching place for, for different campaigns. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, overall this could be barely easily inserted into like an ongoing campaign, especially where, you know, you need a, you need a, a quick side adventure. You know, you don't have something ready planned out, but your PCs are getting into trouble, whatever it is. This jumps in and it can jump right back. Yeah, you need the escape temporal rift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I even love the the tables for possible temporal echoes. And you know, the artifact check results on some of uh, yeah. Yeah, Tim nails it. Of course and he does. I'm I'm still just absolutely flummoxed that these are free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My little brain can't quite compute that one. So I guess we should move to the one that uh, isn't, that is exclusive to stores. Well, you know, b- before we before we move I'm over, sorry. I mean, that's 
that's something, especially for DCC Day, I think that's that's really worth talking about for a minute, is the fact that you can go, I mean, everyone's, everyone's used to free RPG day. You go in, you get your quick start rules, you get a little adventure, and, and that's great. And DCC Day has really stepped things up. You're not just getting an adventure. You're getting three different flavors of that DCC engine. Um, I mean, if, 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 this, if this free adventure doesn't convince people that they need to, to go to their local game store... I don't know what will. I mean, this is this is fantastic, and it just it, it, that really needs to be stressed. I mean, besides the fact that you can buy a new adventure, besides the fact you can buy a DCC Day exclusive book, there's this, and it's and you can yeah. still pick up <laughs> the DCC Day Quick Start rules with adventure. So, and I know that DCC Day was actually intended to be in mid May. Yeah, before all this weirdness. Uh, so we're still not 100% sure what the offering is going to be for free RPG Day, which got bumped back to mid-June. Uh, I know July. That, July, yeah, because we're in June. Right. Hi. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's been, it's been a really long, it's been a long <laughs> decade so far. Let me tell you, it hasn't been a year. Welcome to March 40. Uh, eight, uh, yeah. Um, but the whole purpose, even behind Free RPG Day, was to get people into the brick and mortar stores and support the friendly local gaming stores in that community. And you know, we all know they're having just as bad a time as most yeah. at this point. So the fact that they were able to do things like in, invest in these to get people to come into their stores. Go in, support them. Chances are they've got a couple, like one or two of the uh, new core book printings with this as well. Angry Hue core book printing. What is it? The ninth printing now? Boss counts. Yeah. I could go to the bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. Looks like you'll have to go back into the archives behind you, Bob. To yeah, yeah. Uh, All the way back by the window, I think. Take your Scooby snacks. So. Yes. If we could have gotten one extending thing that Zoom would have put us side by side for, that'd be oh, great. Awesome, yeah. Oh, hey, next time we should do something with a vertical. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Bob, just to kind of touch on that point, are you? did I understand that you're actually going to be running some games? Actually, um, I... <laughs> It's funny. I was it was supposed to live stream to the Goodman Twitch channel yesterday. Oh, um, instead, it accidentally live streamed to my Twitch channel yesterday. Um, so, so but it can rerun in, in the the repeat loop. Um, but I ran Blasphemy and Larceny in Lankmar. I did a virtual game hosted from my local gaming store's private game room. Nice. So I didn't have to have a virtual background. I was in the Wander Inn at Dungeon Games. I had you know, the the, the great distressed walls, the big wooden, heavy wooden door, I had everything behind me. And, and um, you had that big demon skull thing on the wall? The demon there? skull wasn't behind me. That, that's on one of the side walls. But, uh, so yeah, I, I wanted to, well, one, I wanted to get down to my local game store and, and buy my Angry Hue cover and <laughs> things like that. But also, since normally for like Free RPG Day, we go all out. We normally have five or six people that are running, you know, DCC, DCC variants. 
And well, so DCCA and then, is coming and they can't really have that special event. So I wanted to make sure our, our store got some love. And even for free RPG day, things are so up in the air still that we likely yeah. won't be there to hold a full weekend of gaming. I mean, we had 72 hours of gaming lined up in one weekend for them at, at one point. Yeah. And actually while, while we're talking about you know, love for the local game stores, when I when I suggested to Joseph that's what I wanted to do, um, and I said you know maybe I could put like their their logo on the screen. He's like, don't just put their logo on the screen. Put their address and phone number on the screen. Let's mm-hmm. let's get them some business. So because I mean, they're more than just another website. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all the it's all the community building and and DCC Day is about community building. And I, I know you guys have been so supportive of them and they've been so supportive of you and hosting those type of events. So it's really, I, I'm really glad you got to do that and do it, you know, so hopefully they get some business, you know, re, you know, driven their way as a result. So Their daughter can say Bob now, but still can't say Jen. She says Judge. <laughs> Wait, what does she say when she looks at me and tries to say my name? Judge. Oh. <laughs> it's adorable. They can't figure it out. Nobody taught her how to say Judge. <laughs> so nice. they just call me Grand Judge Jen. Nice. And, and I'm absolutely okay with that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that was a long uh, sidebar. That that <laughs> might get cut for the audio part of the episode, right? <laughs> nah. Okay, so let's let's move on now to the to the. Can we uh, go back to more Harley Stroh? <laughs> to the commercial portion of the show. Wait, double the Harley Stroh? How did he do this? I know. Right? Two, two, two Harleys in one. This. <laughs> So, DCC day number one, yes, that is actually a product line now, is DCC DCC days, just like the DCC horror line. Towering obelisks stab the sky. Monstrous knights with blazing lances prowl the night. Huts burn, and entire villages are taken as slaves to be fed to darksome pits. The cries of terror and panic give the horrors a name. And the Beakmen have come. We have the shadow of the Beakmen. <laughs> or green. <laughs> I just never playing with the green screen, sorry. <laughs> um, so I have a, a caveat to insert here before I even talk about this. Um, the zero to first level adventure for uh, Empire of the East which just finished its Kickstarter and uh, it's also written by Harley. And I edited the two of them around the same time. So they're a little blendy in Jen's brain. It's Empire of the Beakman. <laughs> Why not? I mean, the, the cover could almost work for, for either of them. Uh, didn't, didn't, what was your initial response, Bob, about the cover? Well, you know, I, I look at the cover and all I can hear is that like 1960s, 1970s pterodactyl scream from the cartoons, right? <laughs> yeah, but honestly, very, it would fit for either. <laughs> it's a very DCC horror style cover. I, it is. Yeah, that, that's her line. It, it's it's a DCC horror style cover, and if you were to change, if you were just to to stretch your imagination a little bit, if you look back 
at the old men's adventure pulse, right? Where you'd have like the bold guy in the river, you know, punching crocodiles or being swarmed by apes. <laughs> it, it has that aesthetic. It really does have that get up and go sort of aesthetic um, that, that you know is going to end badly for the hero. So it's a Harley Stroud adventure. <laughs> it's going to end badly for the hero. And, and, and this one is the one that you can, if you purchase $10 worth of, goods you get this one or is it how does this work with uh, this is a this is a module that that's actually priced at 999 got it okay yeah so so this is so, the, the one that's the new one that's available for purchase for dcc day but right, right. and it. usually stores will say if you purchase this you get this for free mm, awesome so yeah so if you purchase ten dollars worth of goods specifically that adventure <laughs> yeah. you get that adventure <laughs> God, this coffee stuff is Wow. I, I'm just ecstatic because I actually got the cop copies at the same time that things were coming out. I am over the moon at this. Um, the first the, the first thing I, I have to say that's possibly a little bit off topic is that the map is really going to appeal to any fans of the prisoner. Mm. Because you have the village. Yay! <laughs> it is, yeah. And there's so many NPCs in there that that are you know bring it to life. It's uh it's an interesting, you know, it, it's interesting always always when you have NPCs and and you know and and the there it's almost like a zero level sort of presetting you know for for a lot of the characters there. Yeah, I, I mean it. It's listed as level one characters. Uh, there are a few similarities to the the Empire of the East funnel in that it really could be a funnel with more characters because you still have you know the the potential for overwhelming odds. Mm -hmm. uh, but you also get a couple of little things that harken back to the prisoner as well. Um, there are uh, certain pods that will fit in perfectly with your village, and. Uh, Ultimately, uh, the villagers who are being taken as slaves need to be released, so you somehow have to probe into these obelisk towers and, and go release your, your friends and family, and it has that funnel feel about it. Uh, it's also a little bit uh, tower out of time, is how it feels in my brain. But overall, uh, yeah, you've got the stat cards again because, well, <laughs> Tara screams, right? Pterodactyl screams <laughs> for your beakmen. Uh, you've got any number of reptilian um, foes as well. And I, I don't know that I can talk about a whole lot of the details on this without giving everything away. Um, so I'm just going to go back to the village map. It, it's, I think Stefan Pogue just absolutely nailed what Harley was going for. And, you know, the, the obelisk starts rising from the lake. So, yeah, I, I'm starting to notice that theme too. Hey, a tower comes out of the water. <laughs> But when you're when you're writing these things and you have these parameters to go by, you, you tend to fall back to the same inspirational material. So I I think 
which which appendix N would you put the uh, the Beekman in? Um, I could actually almost see part of this in Paul Anderson. I could definitely see it in in Howard. Uh, not necessarily the, okay. the Conan stories, but maybe you know more the the Call stories. Um, it, he he had you know the serpent men and, and things of that nature. So I could go. I could see Howard again. You know, punching crocodiles. I could just think you know men's adventure magazines in general. <laughs> so this is kind of one I think that Harley um, did a, a preview example of. If you want to see it being run, he he ran this one on Thursday night as part of the Twitch stream. Um, okay. Again, so if you're if you're out, and again, it kind of goes back to that DCC day, you know, retailer support. Um, if you're a retailer and you want, uh, you know, to be a little bit more informed about, you know, what this adventure is about and how how your players can use it, especially if you're into DCC by itself, Harley is just one of those, you know, geniuses running games, and it's always fun to see him, you know, even in a Twitch stream, you know, you know, take stuff like this on. And if you've never been to a Harley table, this is like your your way of getting as close as you can to it. Um, you know, which is, uh, which is, it's a fun experience. So I would recommend, you know, this is another one to, to check out and, and actually see how it's played, you know, live and, you know, your table is going to approach it differently, but you know, it's, it's one example, you know, that, that of one group going through it. So. I will say that, uh, any fans of the purple planet setting could also potentially use this as, uh, something to whet the player's appetites for some of some of the initial technology that that is introduced uh, you know with, without being blatant on that uh, there there are certain pieces and parts that can be found that hearken to the setting of the purple planet so maybe throw them a little bit of this before actually making the journey to the purple planet through whatever portal you want to use in your campaign. At this point, there's a table of portals you could probably come up from, from all the adventures. <laughs> oh, now that'd be something fun to put together. Yeah. Wow. Which, uh, which random portal uh, erupts uh, to take you to this place? Which horrible place are you going to end up in? I mean, we, we've talked about the possibility of doing something like that before with bouncing from setting to setting. I mean, you could obviously occupy a year just going through the Goodman settings and not even touching on third party stuff, which could expand that by another decade. But well, that kind of touches on the the campaign idea I had for taking you know right. take, you want to play an MCC character, show up with a book. You want to play something from Carl Demmer, show up with show up with the issue, and uh, you're all in the land of the lost. Good luck. You go in what? All in the land of the lost, which really ties in with the theme of the show, Saturday Morning Cartoons. But you know, you, you could do so many things, and uh, yeah, yeah. There's, so, there's so many potential portals that it would be a shame not to pull them all together somehow, <laughs> right? I really do like that idea. Oh, man. This has been fun, guys. We should do it more often. Yeah, you know, maybe we should do a podcast or something. <laughs> You know, we, we seem to have chemistry. I hear those are very popular these days. You know, yeah, you know, all, all the kids are doing that now with their Twitter and stuff. You know? and, and what's They're that doing thing? the podcasts. Twitch, Twitch, that's the thing we can't figure out. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I don't know what you mean. I can Twitch just fine. <laughs> really Saturday morning, yay. <laughs> yeah, you know. 
it is a nice uh, nice way to to get by when we can't get in person, you know, for for the you know the cons and all these events. And I, that's just a shout out to you, you know, if you are on the the fence or you in the past you just had a barrier getting to a con, you know, whether it was you know you just couldn't afford it or you just couldn't take the time out of travel or you just you know there was whatever you know was going on in your life where you know con didn't feel right at the moment. The virtual cons are really really fun and they're so they're so easy to get into. And I've heard so many stories of people like. This is my first con. I, I had a blast. You know, I just didn't know what to expect. And you know, the fact that we can recreate this community virtually and through, you know, like the podcast or through the DCC Day or the Cyclops Con or you know through the Twitch streams, um, it's it's really just amazing. You know how how much it's able to persist. You know, and recreate those feel. You know, the, the same feelings and the same same yeah. big big con experiences. You know, in the in everybody's homes. And so, yeah, if you if obviously if you're watching this Twitch, you're probably you're probably already in that person environment. But yeah, tell your friends, you know, who who might not have that, that experience, you know, chance to do DCC. Maybe they live in a different country, and it's hard, you know, they can't imagine getting and playing a game with Harley. Well, now they can. It's well, I've seen a lot of people saying things you know, about virtual uh, Gen Con. Hey, this is going to be the first Gen Con I can attend. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's that's very true. Well, it, the it same was true expensive. for Gary Con too. Yeah. Yeah, it can be very expensive if, if you know you're not in the states. Getting to a U.S. convention is very expensive, and even if you are in the states, it can be. And I think the strength of the DCC community is is really shown. But also, just go to tabletop events and look at how many virtual cons there are right now. And you know, if mm -hmm. you're if you're a judge and you missed out on running for DCC Day, run an event for one of those cons. There, there's people there that are desperate to play. You know, they've been stuck at home, they want to play, just give them a chance. Now, I will say that uh, Gamehole Con, which has also gone completely digital for 2020, uh, has their own server set up. I, I don't think they're doing it through TTE. But right. uh, I wanted to shout out for a moment that, uh, Mark, didn't you say that uh, one or two of your kids played an online game for Cyclops Con? Yes, and with uh, one of the two of you who will, I guess it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time. It was um, so I've been trying to re, you know, introduce my kids. You know, her kind of growing into that age of, you know, you know where I was. You know, when I was a young, young, young person trying to figure out what role playing games were about and and bring that to their lives. So my um, he was only ten at the time because that was now two months ago. <laughs> so he he uh, and I played in one of Bob's MCC games, and you know he was a little you know like nervous at first in terms of like what do I do? You know I'm sitting here at a computer. You know I I've had these experiences where I can go you know in person to roll dice and play games. Yeah. But you know for him it's just it's, he's familiar with technology. It's kind of you know used to that. And and I think it was really able to recreate that table feel, you know, with just a group of like six of us sitting down together and you know being in our, immersed in our world for you know three or four hours, and it was a, it was a really fun experience. And I'm glad that that capacity where you where you can now kind of bridge it to your family, where you may not be able to bring your family to the conventions, you know, and be able to kind of experience that, or you may have you know other obligations, like you know I've taken my kids to GaryCon, but when I take my kids to GaryCon. I can't really do any official games or run a whole lot of stuff yeah. because I'm there to, you know, to be with them. But, you know, for this kind of thing, I can, I can participate in and balance it. You know, so it's, it's, it is a lot of fun. 
And so these virtual cons are very kid friendly and they're, they're, yeah. they often overcome the technical barriers much easier than a lot of the grognards. <laughs> you know? and, and remember, I, I, if you're running, if you're running a funnel online, just because they can't see the dead stamp doesn't mean they won't hear it. <laughs> yeah. We, we, I, we did it? something last night where we were in the tournament, we had, um, uh, virtual gongs ring out every time a, a nice. player because we miss that so much, you know, coming from the big convention yeah. where the, the gong ring out. So we we uh, synchronized our watches every time deaths were announced and and, and banged a gong in the game. So it was a lot of fun. Nice. No, I, I just wanted to bring that up because it came up uh, last night in one of the DCC College panels that I, I'm emceeing. And it seems to be kind of an, an issue because there's that level of trust that you have to put into the crowd and 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 your kids and some people find it a little more difficult so i would just throw it out there that if you're not comfortable with the idea of an online convention post on social media or something ask if anybody's up for running a game for the kids because mm, uh, newsflash a lot of us are available now for things like that yeah and, uh, I, I would say, and it's all a big community so we're all here for you guys right yeah. and, and there's a lot of judges that have experience running for for the younger children most uh, events have the ability to set like age limits right so you can know if it's mm -hmm. going to be if yep. the judge is anticipating that it's going to be kid-friendly you know but i would always double check with the judge just say hey we signed up for your events you know my son is you know my daughter's this age you know, is it okay, you know, you know, if, is this going to be kid friendly, you know, even if, because they, judges, you know, may have inadvertently had a, an age setting. And so I just say, as a parent, you just, you just check out with the judge. You know, most judges are quick to respond, give you feedback. And if you've run with a judge before at a convention and you know them, you can, you can, you know, there's a level of trust that you can sort of inherit, you know, based on those experiences. And so I think it's a, it's a good opportunity, but you know, like, like all things you do with online and kids, just make sure that you're, you're you're taking the right precautions, and you know if you if your level of trust is that you need to be in the game with the, your your kids, that's great because that gives you a, a bonding opportunity. Um, but there's also something to be said for kids going out on their own and you know independently experiencing these things. You know, and I think that's just a that's a, a wonderful thing that you may not feel comfortable yeah. taking to a con and and saying, okay, go play with these strangers for the next you know four to eight hours, and I'll check <laughs> in on you. Versus yeah. you know having the the supervision and the ability to sort of like be there, you know, but not not helicoptering, right? So I think that's a, there's a lot of things that virtual cons do give you the advantage of to to balance out or to that are just different than you know being in a real con. Uh, and a lot of it you can as a parent, you know, navigate that and and bring a rich experience to your kids. And now you know, and knowing's <laughs> half the battle. We have to give up the Twitch stream, folks. It's it's ten fifty four. Yes. Uh, so, this has been a lot of fun to see you guys. Though. So keep your eyes on all the regular social media platforms for games, including the uh, new youme.social. Uh, random games happen online. Don't forget to hit our website, sanctum.media, to get the brand new Shrouded Grimoire for free, as usual. 88 pages! 88 pages! <laughs> uh, stay safe and be well so we can all roll real dice together next year. One more call out, which is um, Discord is big, become sort of like the surrogate for a lot of the the online gatherings. So that's another one that just sort of just to mention, you know, it becomes like a, a place where you can get back in that community during the con itself. So, um, you know, check that out if you don't. And there's a Goodman channel for Discord that you can jump in on. Awesome.
All right, guys. I think uh, they've already wrapped up our Twitch stream. They have a picture of us, and it says most recent video. So, okay, there's that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's just 10 seconds Um, of us, uh, you know, right in the middle of our conversation. (laughs) And I've got to bounce because I've got Spellburn in five minutes. Less than at this point, so have fun. Take care, guys. Yes, thank you, guys. Take care. Have a good day. You have been listening to the Sanctum Secorum podcast. The Sanctum Secorum Podcast has been a production of Sanctum Media. Copyright 2000.